This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome. Good to have you guys today. Good to be here with you. Um, The real Christians are in the room today. Come on. Woo! It's raining out there. It's just one of those days you just want to kind of sit in the house. So you that are watching on live stream, we love you. Enjoy. It's amazing. I, I get it. We see you. Um, but wanted to just, before we jump into the word of the Lord today, wanted to give you guys a 411 on something that's happening that we've been kind of processing and thinking about for a little while. And it's going to be what we're calling a transformation weekend that's going to be happening the first weekend in March. So mark your calendars, but we have something special that we want to offer to you today. This is not a conference per se. Um, we, we don't mind conferences. Conferences are great. It's just just more of what Harbor does um, and giving space for that over the course of, of, a, few, of a couple of days and, and multiple sessions. And so it's going to be a time of, of extended worship on Friday night. Um, Saturday morning, we've got some, some different uh, prayer and worship teams that are going to be doing sets of prayer and worship where you can come in, sit before the Lord, pray um, in those times from, I think it's 8 to noon, something like that. And then we're going to have two afternoon sessions on transformation and two specific topics um, that will help you in your journey to, to become who God's wanting you to be. Listen, here's the thing. A lot of times we think, that, that transformation is just going to come in, in, in a moment, which it can, right? But God wants us to kind of go there with him on a journey. And that's kind of what's going to be happening over this course of this weekend. So we're going to say, hey, Lord, I'm going to lock in. I'm going to give myself to this weekend. I'm going to go there with you. I'm going to have some things come and challenge my mind. And hopefully they'll get down even more into my heart to where, man, I'll begin to believe the things that you're trying to tell me, that you're trying to speak to me. So that's what that weekend's going to be like. But we're, we've made a very, very nominal fee for this weekend because it's an extra one-off. And um, everybody should be able to afford it. And if you can't, here's an opportunity today. We're, we're going to be um, running a promotion for those who register today, 25% off the very small fee. Or if you would like to volunteer or help us, there's another way to get a discount there. Just see Savannah afterwards and uh, talk to her, and then we'll get teed up for this weekend. It's going to be amazing. We're giving this to you guys now because there's a limited space for this transformation weekend for Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, and because we're going to open it up to the region. So we've done these before in the past. You guys know Friday nights at Harbor. We'd have people coming from other churches, even leaders coming and just getting encouraged. And so that's going to be an opportunity for them to come. So make sure and spread the word, get it out there. But take advantage to get locked in yourself personally um, for that weekend at a discount today. All right? Would you guys look at that on our website and, and go there and get registered? Amen? All right. So as Wendy mentioned, to, this month is, is the month of love, right? There's Valentine's Day coming up um, that we celebrate on our calendar um, and we, you know, sometimes do extra special things uh, for our spouses or those that we care about on that day. But how many of you know that if it's important on our nation's calendar, it's even more important to God, this whole concept of love as it relates to his kingdom. And so he's trying to really give us instruction on what love really looks like. Because how many of you know love looks like something? 
It's not obscure. It's, it's, it's not ethereal. It's actually very practical. It's, it's very tangible. And it's otherworldly. We were taught and programmed so much from the time that we were young up until the day we died that, uh, with the culture of this world of, of what love really isn't, that we, that we believe to be love, right? And so God is trying to come and say, no, this is what love looks like and give us insight into that. And so we've been in this known series where we've been kind of focusing in on this word. Um, we, we actually haven't said this word much, but this is the intent. The word is intimacy. And love is all about intimacy. If you take the word intimacy, it's broken down into into me, you see, right? And when we're married, when we when we're, have beautiful friendships, when we're walking together in the body of Christ, there's something about this whole concept of intimacy where we're actually seen by one another. Last weekend, we had our fifth Sunday outreach. And I know it's a little bit of a radical concept, but we kind of, we didn't have our Harbor at Home Sundays or a gathering like today happening. We actually took a crew and went down to Pompano Beach to engage with people, just to connect with them, just to, just to show some love, if you will, right? And so what was interesting is we were having a little time in here just to kind of give some tools in, in the toolbox for people as they, as they were going to go making uh, their way down to, to Pompano Beach to just to love on some people. And I noticed a girl sitting at the back that I didn't actually really recognize. And so afterwards, I just took some time and said, hey, tell me who you are. You look familiar, but give me, give me an update on who you are. And her name was Megan. And Megan used to go to Harbor a decade ago. So 10 years ago, when she was in university in, 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 in West Palm Beach, and she became a part of one of our home fellowships up there, one of our small groups, got really connected. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And here you are a decade later. And she said, yeah, I drove all the way from Port Charlotte, where I live right now, on the west coast of Florida to come and be a part of Harbor today. And she said, I came early at 10 when you guys normally have your gathering. You weren't here. I saw a sign on the door. So I, I waited until the afternoon at 2 o'clock, I think, is when we were gathering just to be here. And I'm thinking, this is incredible. A girl drove all the way from Port Charlotte, came at 10. We weren't having a gathering at that time. Waited all the way until 2. Come and hang out. So I was like, what, 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 what precipitated this? And she said, when I was here and part of this community, when I was 21, I was so in love with the Lord. And I just celebrated my 31st birthday. And I wanted that love relationship again. So I drove all the way here. And she was deeply touched. Actually, you'd have prayed for her and gave her a a prophetic word of encouragement. She actually told me afterwards, she said, that is going to be with me for probably the rest of my life, what she said over me. So here was a mother to a younger, uh, young adult daughter, um, a word of encouragement, and she got impacted and changed forever. Isn't that powerful? I want you to think about what, what are the things that we do for love? And, and, and why would we lose wanting to do that, wanting to drive distances, wanting to, to go to great extents, to, 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 just, to just experience it afresh again? 
I think it's in our DNA. It's down there. And there's everything that tries to get us to hinder us from kind of stepping out and, and do the crazy things that maybe God wants us to do to experience love. Oh, the things we do for love. I remember hearing a story one time, a friend of mine that, that drove all the way from South Florida to Seattle by himself, never stopped to see the woman of his dreams, right? You know, there's, there's things that we'll do for love. The beautiful thing is, is that we get to, we get to come under the amazing things that God's done for us as it relates to love. This morning we had a time of prayer in here before our gathering, and you're welcome, any of you are welcome, 9.15 to 9.45 on these first and third Sundays. It's an amazing time where we sit in his presence, and I was just reflecting on, wow, God, what you did for me, and I can come under that experience that, and then overflow and give that away to other people. While we were on the beach last week, we were having a little debrief afterwards, and Jonna, who's one of our team members, she kind of summed up, in a sense, all that God had was doing and kind of had done that day. We, there was lots of beautiful times of sharing, but what she said hit me, And I just carried it with me into today. And she said the Holy Spirit was enabling us to be present. Everybody say present. Present. I wrote down a few thoughts of some people we ran into to the military vet who had come all the way in town for his daughter's funeral, who had just lost her life to an overdose of fentanyl. Present for the man who had been battling throat cancer and was greatly encouraged by some love and some hope that was poured into him that day, just through encounter and encouragement. Present for the young adult who had just moved to the United States from Angola and only been here a couple of weeks and didn't know anybody but was a believer and was so encouraged to have people that actually saw him, took a moment, began to converse with him in his broken English and made him feel loved. A 91-year-old former uh, college professor that Wendy and I actually ran into that basically told us his whole life story, being from Mayfield, Wisconsin. He's like, you guys got to go there. It's the most amazing place in the world. It's like 3,000 people. I'm like, come on, man. I'm going to go to Mayfield, Wisconsin. Told us his beautiful journey. was so happy. A young adult in his family who had just recently moved from Brazil to South Florida and didn't have any community. They were believers as well. Chad and Dreesen connected with him. An older couple who had relocated from Columbia, South America at Pompano 33 years ago and were just celebrating 60 years of marriage. Present with people that we walk by. And don't even look at the majority of the time, right? Because we're so busy in our lives, we're, we're not able to just rest and just be present in maybe what God is doing around us in the lives of other people. The majority of the time, we don't see other people. There is no intimacy. We're not even thinking about that kind of connection. But Jesus opened the door for us to walk in intimacy with the Father, and because of that, have intimacy with other people. So he was here. you got to catch this as we're jumping in today. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. I want to show you this. He came as an example 
to open this door of relationship between us and the Father based on what he accomplished for us on the cross. Look what it says here in Colossians 1.15. Paul writes and he says, He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God. Here's what I want you to catch. And the firstborn and heir of all creation. That word firstborn is protocon, where we get the word prototype. Have you ever heard that word before? So Jesus is the prototype. Now, a prototype is this. It's an individual that exhibits the essential features of a ladder type. So if Jesus expressed the attributes of God and what God was all about, what he looked like, how he acted, how he behaved, and he was the firstborn and the heir of all creation, and yet there are many, the Bible says, sons and daughters that are coming after him. Why? Because he was the prototype for others that will follow later after him. Oh, come on, guys. This is you and me. This is us. This is the church. How many of you know that the church is supposed to look like Jesus? <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa. The body of Christ is supposed to look like the head, right? Is this too much for you guys today? Is this a little over? You know, I mean, I'm trying to keep it simple this morning, but we're supposed to look like, there's been possibility for us to look, act, behave, live our lives like Jesus lived his life. He was the prototype for us. Colossians 1.17 says he existed before anything was made. You got to catch this. And now everything finds completion in him. So if he is the one that created all things, and if he is the one where people find completion in their life, in other words, they discover what they've always been looking for, and he was an example how many of you know that there's now a pass off of the baton to us for people to find completion in God through us being present with them and expressing the love of the Father to their lives? It's a movie a while back, and this is dating me, but it's called Jerry Maguire, where I was going to say Bruce Springsteen, but it was actually not Bruce Springsteen, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I don't know why Bruce Springsteen came to my mind, but here, this is aging. This is what happens when you age. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger, you know, they were in this relationship. He was this uh, sports agent. There's this moment in the film where they say to each other, you complete me. You complete me. Partially true. Partially true. But... We do not complete others. The only way they can have completion is if they found that first in the Lord. And then for sure from there, like Wendy and I, we complement each other. There is a completion in each other's lives. Her to me, me to her. Out of our first intimate relationship with the Father. Because Jesus is the only one 
seated in the place of preeminence, not us, although we're seated there with him. Isn't that a mystery? Like he's the one seated in that place and we're seated there with him. Colossians 1, 18, 19 says he's the head of the body, which is the church. And, he, and since the beginning and firstborn and heir of resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything for God satisfied to have all of his fullness dwelling in Jesus. But if we're seated there with him, all of his fullness is now dwelling in us as well. Ooh. So when we're out in the world or in whatever relationship and we're able to be present, there is the potential for the overflow of this fullness that we carry to impact somebody else's life and have a dramatic effect on them. Wherever we go, Wherever the soles of our feet, the Bible says, tread. I love this verse in verse 20. It says, by the blood of his cross, everything in, oh, everybody say everything, come on. Everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. I want to see an awakening in the body in America where we are, are, are determined to see everything bought back by God because of what Jesus paid for, where people are restored to that place of innocence again and brought back to their original intent. If that's not happening in someone's life, we should be moved on the deepest levels with compassion to begin to pray for that, to begin to pour into that, to begin to stand with people that they become who they've always been intended to be in the eyes of God before they were even formed and fashioned in in their mother's womb. By the way, this is... The heart of the Father. When you look at the word innocence there, it's, it's, it really represents this word integrity, which simply means you're whole. You're, you're, you're back to who you've always been intended to be in the eyes of the Father. You're, 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 you're connected. I, Wilson mentioned this earlier. Spirit, soul, body. You're united. You're, 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 you're together again in who you've always been designed to be. You, you have integrity. But here's what I want to do as we conclude. I want to just take all that I just said and bring some practical application to intimacy. We're going to start with Colossians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. We're going to just, we're just moving through that book a little bit today as we dive into the heart of God. Verse 21 says, even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, He reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his, say it with me, presence. To simplify this, What God has done for us is he has made a way that we can dwell and have access to 24-7, 365, no distance, no delay in the very presence and essence of God. Every single day of our lives. 
And I wrote down this thought, and this is a quote by me. I never found this anywhere else. I'm putting it up on the screen, putting my name underneath it. (laughs) But I wrote, in his presence, we are present. When we have that God consciousness, when when we're present in his presence, there is something that happens, a dynamic that takes place in that space that is, is otherworldly compared to every other time of our lives. It's, it's really amazing where we can be present with God. I mean, you know, this world is so trying to do everything it can to keep you to, to be anything but present with God. To be anything but present with each other. To be others. To, be, to do anything to keep you to be present for me with yourself. It's like, just, just come on, keep you moving. Just keep religious things kind of happening where you're doing all these things and yet you're not present. Present. In his presence. Because I believe when this happens, and this is the very thing the enemy is fighting for, fighting against, sorry, when we as a collective church begin to see the culture around us transformed by the presence of God that overflows from us as we are present with him in his presence, that's when the magic is going to begin to happen. Megan, you guys can actually come back up. I want to show you something about Jesus. And then I want to show you something about yourself as we conclude today. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. This is the truth about Jesus. And I pray that it goes from here to here today. It needs to go here to renew belief systems, but let it come down into your heart so that it moves your life in, in, a, in a position of confidence. He says, all this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven. In charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. Listen to this. No name, no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. Verse 22, he is in charge of it all and has the final word on everything. At the center of all of this, Christ rules over the church. Perfect love. Coming and casting out all fear. Meeting us in that place of transformation in his presence where we're different. Wendy and I are taking a a short ministry trip, which is insane, to South Africa on Monday. You don't take short trips to South Africa. Can I get an amen? That's problem number one. But anyhow, nonetheless, we're doing some things for love because we're feeling drawn to go and gather some things that we feel like we're supposed to bring back here, especially in the, in the realms of marriage and in the realms of support and encouragement to marketplace business leaders and some other things that God's kind of stirring in our heart and invitation 
was offered, finances were given outside of this community to help us to make this journey. And so we're doing some stuff for love. For love. So last night I was like, Wendy, let's watch something about South Africa. So we were watching this movie called, I think it was called A Long Way Home, and it was on the life of Nelson Mandela and all that went down there with apartheid. Very raw, very painful in many ways movie to watch. But one of the things that he says, in essence, is we have to stop the fear. Because we're not created in, 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 in the essence of who we are to fear each other. That's something that we learn to do. The thing that we were actually designed to do by our creator that's in our DNA is actually to love. And we saw in the film where his second wife, um, while he was in prison in Robben Island for 27 years, kind of took over the work and she saw some really horrific things. And it got to her heart. And so when he came out of prison, it was like, we need to reconcile through relationship. We need to to stop the fear. We need to stop the hate. We need to stop the recompense. We need to break this cycle. They disconnected. Because she was like, no, we need to fight. We need to kill. We need to continue this struggle. How many of us here this morning that would be on the side where we go, you know what? Fear has no control over me. I'm going to move in and be present with the love of God for other people. Or come on. Life has a way of trying to jade our hearts, make us offended, get us disconnected, separate ourselves from the Father, from other people, maybe even from ourselves. I think there's even a a terminology called detachment disorder. And when people go through trauma and pain, horrific situations, they detach. There's even other personalities. The point is, is that God wants to, to bring us back to what he always intended. So Jesus is seated in this place of preeminence, but, but as he rules over the church, who are we? Last scripture I want to show you. Ephesians 1, 23. He says, the church you see is not peripheral to the world. In other words, we don't get influenced by the world. He says, the world is peripheral to the church. We influence. We are not influenced. We influence. We carry the leaven of the power of God everywhere we go. When we're present in his presence, when we're not jaded and disconnected, we are the ones that set the atmospheric tone in our world today. Jesus is the head over all things, and he is Lord over the church, but we are his. He was the prototype. There are many sons and daughters, the word of God says, that are going to rise up over the ages. This is now our generation. This is now our opportunity to take our place as God would intend us to take our place. Now, as I close, what was really interesting for me, and I'm just going to be honest, as I was thinking about that fifth Sunday, man, I had that like knot in my stomach thinking, what in the world am I going to go and say to people? What, Pastor? Really? You were nervous about going on? Heck yeah. 
I was like, can I call in sick? Like, is there any way like I can get out of this thing? You know, it was so refreshing. We had a couple of, of people that shared in the time together that are actually living this kind of life. And they were like, man, every time I go out and try to engage with others, it feels like the first time. So, hey, you're in good company if this stuff makes you uncomfortable on some level. But by the end, I was like, that was awesome. Walking the same beach that Wendy and I go exercise almost every single day, but this time being present and looking for those that God wanted me to engage with. And it was so easy. The 91-year-old professor, I just said, hey, what book are you reading? Boom, we got in this big conversation. The other couple that we met that just celebrated 60 plus years of marriage, we were like, man, you guys look like a happy couple. And, and, and what was wild is we went a few days later back to the beach to walk and there was the military vet. There was the 91-year-old college professor walking the beat, you know, down there. And there was the older couple who just celebrated 60 years of marriage. Right there. But this time it wasn't. It was, hey! In fact, the 91-year-old guy, he said, I want to thank you guys for taking time and talking to me. As an older gentleman who most people just completely disregard, his stories were beautiful. The older couple waved at us and went like, hey guys, you know, it was like we were friends now. There was a change. What is love gonna look like for us as we move forward? Tear down hate, barriers, brokenness because of past injustices and see the healing balm of God come to every tongue and tribe and nation around the world for the glory of God. Would you stand with me today? Just as we conclude our time this morning, could we just make a little space just to sing a song here and then allow the Holy Spirit to come and to move on our hearts to soften us, to bring us into an awareness of the intimacy that we have with the Father through what Jesus has accomplished. To cast out all fear. To clothe ourselves in the love of God. And then when we walk out of this building, we don't just rush through the grocery store through our place of employment, but we ask God, what do you want me to do while I'm here? Let me see people. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.